Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on Rejoice Always. All right. Today is going to be so much fun. We've been looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 and 18 over the last, through 18 for the last few weeks. Kind of done them in reverse order and everything. Verse 18, give thanks. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 16, rejoice always. So today we're going to end this series with rejoicing always. Rejoicing always. Now it's tricky, you know, a lot of words in the Bible mean different stuff than they actually mean. Okay? You know, because it's translation, lost in translation. But do you know what always means in the Bible? It's just one of those words that just translates really well. It just means always, okay? And so rejoice means always, means always. Now the rejoice word is awesome. There's a lot of words in Hebrew, which is the Old Testament, and in Greek that are rejoice, and all those are really fun words. One of the words for rejoice is frolic, like a calf out of the chute. Yeah. Frolic like a calf out of the chute. All right? So, always frolic like a calf out of the chute. All right? You know what? I When I was thinking about Rejoice this week, and at my house, one of our favorite Christmas movies is Elf, and so we watch Elf all the time. And that's what I think about when I think about rejoicing always, okay? And I've told you guys, I just want to be crazy. I want the world to think I'm dumb sometimes because I have so much faith and joy in Christ that it just doesn't make sense. And they say, I want people to look at me and say, bless his heart. (laughs) In Alabama, an Alabamese, bless his heart means stupid idiot. It's like Johnny ran right out in front of that car, bless his heart. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it means in Alabamese. And so, but I want the world to be looking at me saying, bless his heart. He doesn't know any better. Until one day they're like, bless my heart. Where's he at? So I can find out what he was talking about. Because everything that I thought he was crazy about, I've found out that what I thought was right has not worked out, right? And so uh, I want the world, but if we're just like the world, then who do they come to when they find out that they were actually the ones that were ignorant? If we're all ignorant together, we're blissfully falling off the cliff together. Somebody for a season has to be crazy, We're so afraid of being crazy for a season so we conform ourselves to think like the world and then we're all in the same boat. The Word says we used to all be in the same boat. We were supposed to get out of that boat, right? We're supposed to be the crazy people walking on the water outside the boat that they're saying, bless his heart. He doesn't know that that water is deep, right? And then when their boat starts sinking, they're like, bless our hearts, it would be really good right now if we knew we could walk on water, right? Because all the boats in our culture and all our society, they have holes in them, don't they? 
and there's joy in them for a season, but we know the truth that lasts forever, that never changes. And so I want to be crazy for a little while. I want to be, I want the world to be like, what is wrong with him? He's dressed like an elf. He thinks he came from the North Pole. He puts candy, I mean, he puts syrup on his spaghetti. Right? I mean, he attacked Santa Claus in the store because he just is so stuck on truth that seems crazy. Right? I mean, don't you want to be that? But no, we want to fit in. We want to be like everybody else. Who's the peculiar ones? Who's the weird ones? Who's the one that people can come to and find real joy, real peace, and real life? We have to not stop being afraid of being different and weird and crazy. But when we start talking about looking weird, I want to be, I want to look weird. I was talking with somebody this week about, you know, remember the time when you were in love with the correction of the Father. And you were so pliable, and that was your favorite thing when he would point out something to you. And you would love for him to correct you. And it's, that's what happens when you've got a transformed mind and you're, trying, you're pursuing the heart of the Father. Conformed thinking is resistant to correction because it challenges your thought processes that you've come so fond of because they are self-gratifying and self-preserving. Can we get to the sermon now? So, in the Passion Translation, verse 16, where we're at today, rejoice always. Let joy be your continual feast. Let joy be your continual feast. Look at Philippians 3, 1. My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. Don't ever limit your joy. Yeah. Who limits your joy? You limit your joy. Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and then I'm going to say it one more time. Rejoice. Always, and then one more time. Rejoice. <clears throat> In the message, it says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Just keep that elf in your mind a little bit. If we were as passionate about God as elf is Santa, if we were as passionate about the kingdom of heaven as the elf is the North Pole, if we were as passionate about the ways of the kingdom as the elf is the syrup on his spaghetti and the candy, if we were so convinced in our mind that nobody could convince us that what we believe is fake and what they believe is real, how would our life look? We would celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, we would revel in him. We would be overwhelmed with him. We would be overtaken by him. We would be skipping like a calf out of the chute. We would look crazy. We would look ignorant. We would look like we're just having a breakdown. 
We would look like we're not aware. They're just not aware. They're not socially aware. They don't really know what's going on in the country. They don't really know what's going on in the world, or they would never be acting like that. We are aware of what's going on. We're aware of what's really going on. We refuse to let the circumstances and the situations that we can see around us determine our view of the kingdom. And so we should celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in him. Psalm 32, 11, celebrate the goodness of God. He shows his kindness to everyone who is his. Go ahead. Shout for joy, all you upright ones who want to please him. Go ahead, shout for joy. Can we practice? Yeah. There you go. I can just tell you right now, if that was a struggle for you, you might get offended with me today. <laughs> Disclaimer, if you really need a reason to be offended with me, I'm going to give you a Christmas present today. <laughs> if you want a reason to leave this church, I'm going to give you a Christmas present today. Uh, you know, I just feel like that's God's gift through me to people sometimes. If they really want to be offended, I just give it to them. Psalms 126, 1 through 3, this should be our reality. It seemed like a dream. Too good to be true. When God returned Zion's exiles, this should be our life. We laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. We were the talk of the nations. I can't wait till the people, the followers of God, that's the most prestigious place in our culture. When you go into a workplace and they say, hey, man, we've got four people that have applied for this job with a Harvard degree. We've got people that have got this degree. We've got people that this degree. But they specifically want to put on their application if you're a follower of Christ because they've come to learn that that is the most telling factor about whether or not you're going to be someone who's going to bring increase to their business. And it puts you right in top of the line. It takes you past the Harvard graduates. It takes you past the Yale graduates. It takes you right to the top. Because our culture begins to recognize when we really become followers of Christ, we will live with that type of prestige, I believe. We'll go from being crazy to being sought after. But we're afraid to go through the crazy. So we just look like everybody else. We laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We were one happy people. Romans 5, 1 and 2. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him. Y'all are going away now. I'm getting ready to use y'all now. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, we make us, uh, make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. <clears throat> we throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. 
We find, this is my favorite part, these two passages. The one I just read, it seemed like a dream, could, could, too good to be true. These are core passages of my life since I stumbled upon them. I believe God has a life for me that seems too good to be true. That I have to pinch myself to make sure I'm not dreamy. And then we throw open the doors to God and discover at the same moment he's already thrown open his door to us. And here it is. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand. Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. If God is so good and his intentions for us are so good that we would think we were dreaming. And really, when we go to open our door for him, you know, he knocks and we're going to open our door. But when we open the door, we find that he's already thrown his door wide open to us. And we find ourselves standing where we always hoped we would stand. Who in here has a hope that you're going to stand somewhere in an area of your life and you haven't seen it come about yet and you know, you know that you know that you know that you are going to be standing where you always hoped you would stand because of what he's done for you. That's why we rejoice always. It's not about our current situation. It's about the promise that we believe and we hold to and we believe it like it's a reality. Faith is a substance of things hope for and the evidence of things not seen. You will stand where you always hoped you would stand. You will see what you always hoped you would see. That's enough to rejoice always. Everybody has a bag under your seat today. We're going to have a little fun now. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life.